0: Please stand. We're going to do a reading of God's Word. I will be reading Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. In the Bibles in the seat pocket in front of you, that's on page 533. If you or someone you know does not have a Bible, please feel free to take this Bible home with you as our gift to you. Okay. Acts, chapter 6, 1 through 7. Whom We will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. This is God's word.
1: Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that gives life. Uh, Lord, even you said during your time on earth, that that your words are life, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the life that has been born in those of us who have believed by trusting in your word, and we ask that it would reveal to us this morning uh, your direction for your church and your plan for our, our flourishing, Lord. We thank you for all of that. God, we pray that you would cause our hearts and our minds to be attentive to what you would say to us through your word. We pray that you would Um, let your spirit rest upon me and that I would speak according to your will and um, not contrary to it, Lord. I pray that you would just help me to be effective in the communication of your truth. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, uh, as many of you are well aware, we uh, have had a series that we've been in on the book of Jude and you may have also noticed that we did not read from the book of Jude this morning. So um, we're taking a break from Jude for one week because we're inviting you into a celebration. We're celebrating something that I hope that you will be just as excited about as I am. Um, I have looked forward to this day for uh, about three years now. I, I can't really explain to you how, how, uh, how much I've desired this day. There were times when I did not think this day would ever arrive. And here we are. Um, Today, we are ordaining and installing the very first deacons of Northridge Life Church. Now, in the three years since this church was relaunched, we've tried uh, our best to embrace the most biblical model. We've tried to really think through the things that we're doing. And one of those changes, one of those directions involved installing Biblical deacons. And, and I say biblical deacons I'm, with a heavy emphasis on the biblical because when I was young, uh, men in our church that were called deacons were usually serving in what I would describe as the biblical role of an elder or they were merely a board of director, director for the corporate affairs of the church. Um, and it may have been the same way in the church Uh, where you grew up, or or maybe that you attended uh, in an earlier time. And this, we realized, is a gaping hole in the way many churches are organized, the way many churches are administered. And I realized, because of this, and because of some conversations I had with some of you about shared experience, that few of us have any idea whatsoever from the pages of Scripture what a deacon actually is, what a deacon is supposed to be, and how they function. And so for for three years, we've prayed earnestly that God would help us to know how to righteously and biblically put Christ-honoring, scripturally-guided deacons in place. We've talked to churches who were doing it a lot better than we were, We've taken time to teach from the pulpit what a deacon ministry looks like in the Bible and how it might work here. Now today, I'm going to cause you to to have great assurance that we still have lots of questions. We we still don't know everything that we're supposed to be doing. But I'm also going to testify to you that God has given us great grace to begin. Our first step... About a little over a year ago was that we ordained Justin Kime to be our lead deacon to kind of oversee the ministry that we were envisioning, the ministry that we would launch. And that was one of the best steps we've taken uh, in all of our existence. He He's done a great job. Um, but then this little thing you may have heard of happened, this thing called COVID. Anybody heard of that? And um, a lot of church life got shoved to the back burner. Uh, I, I'm sure that that's been your experience as well. And so church looked different for a while. But Justin, um, thankfully, just kept thinking about this. He he took his role very seriously, and he kept contemplating the task that was before him. And he would occasionally update the elders uh, with. His thoughts on the matter and and any progress that he was making towards the goal, he would let us know about that. And together with Justin, we discussed the names of people that we felt uh, qualified for deacon ministry according to 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13, as well as this passage that we read this morning from Acts chapter 6. Now in that Timothy passage, Paul tells Timothy that deacons should be tested and we took that very, very seriously. Because of this, we did not seek people, when we were, when we were looking for people to, to fill this role, this office of the deacon, we didn't look, look for people that we thought could potentially be qualified as deacons. We actually opted for those who were already successfully but unofficially functioning in that role. According to First Timothy, we had other qualifications to consider. We wanted people of blameless Christian character. We wanted people who would understand, who would believe, and who would take the gospel very, very seriously. We wanted people who would be proven to be faithful. We wanted people who were a blessing and not a weight or a burden to their families. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has highlighted such people for us. And this is a cause for celebration in the church. And I hope you'll agree when when we announce these people that we've selected and that the Holy Spirit has highlighted. I don't think, however, and I want everyone who calls this place home, I know we have a lot of guests this morning, but I want everybody who calls this place home to especially hear this. I do not think, however, and neither do Pastor Paul, Pastor David, we do not think that everyone who is called to this ministry of, of being a deacon or deaconess has been discovered yet and our prayer our earnest prayer is that some of you will join those we ordain today the ones we lay hands on this morning are here to serve as leaders and to serve as examples to us all of sacrificial and loving service to christ and to his body but there are some of you there's a lot of you as a matter of fact who are new here who may not fully grasp maybe you missed the earlier teaching that we did on this so i'm going to try to be really brief here You may not understand what a deacon truly is and why a church like ours, or any church for that matter, needs them. What's the purpose? And so I'm going to try, as I said, quickly to show you uh, why the church needs the deacons uh, from the passage that we read earlier this morning. What I want you to see from this Acts chapter 6 passage is that the first thing that made the church aware that they needed deacons was a problem. It was, it was, something went haywire. Something went wrong. And the church said, we need something, we need a fix for this. We need a solution. And so they, they had this need for deacons. Now I love the Greek word for deacons. It's diakonos. uh, is the word that's translated deacons. Now, sometimes in the New Testament, that word is not translated deacon, but it's translated as a servant or as a minister. And in those three words, deacon, servant, minister, you see a really clear picture of what this role is supposed to be. Though they're not called deacons in this passage, we know from the context of this passage and in other places that that's exactly what they were. So just to give you a little how we got here in this story, the church began, Acts chapter 2, four chapters earlier, the church began, and, and it was an amazing thing. The day the church began, 3,000 people came to Jesus. Um, the, the word was being proclaimed all over the place. People were full of the Holy Spirit. Miracles were happening every day. And one of the most unique things that tells us about this time period in Jerusalem, in this first church, was that they were having favor with all the people, Now, the Bible says that everything was going great until it wasn't. Ever been there? See, the church had a food distribution program for widows. It was a good thing to do. And since the church was exploding, by this point in the story, more than 5,000 people are a part of this first church in Jerusalem. 5,000 people. So there must have been hundreds of widows that they were caring for. And, and what you need to understand is that charity, as we know it, Meals on Wheels and things like that, were not a part of the Roman Empire. People who could not uh, work begged and, and hoped that people would, would come by, have enough generosity to throw a few coins in a hat or something to support them. There was no charity. Then the church comes and they start caring for the needs of those who cannot care for themselves. But in the, in the midst of this great program to feed widows, there was an injustice that occurred where strictly Jewish widows were kind of moved to the front of the line while those with more Greek customs were being neglected. And, and the, the, the sad part of this is that this injustice was damaging both to the effectiveness of the ministry and to the testimony of the church. The apostles, acting in those early days, since this was the only church there was, acting in those early days as elders would today, gathered the whole congregation and explained, kind of like we're doing this morning, why the need for other servants in the church was so urgent. And this is what they said. It is not right that we should give up the preaching of the Word of God to serve tables. Now, I remember when I first read that, when I first became a believer, I thought, well, these guys... Are just too big or too good for that. That's not at all what they're saying. They're not saying that they weren't too good to do menial tasks. They were emphasizing the weight and the priority of their call. They, They had been commissioned by Jesus for a specific purpose. Jesus had told Peter, tend my sheep. That was that was the main focus they're supposed to do. Now what does that mean? It means providing spiritual care, pastoral care to people, preaching, teaching, praying, um, you know, being with people. The gospel's transforming power, never forget this, comes in words proclaimed and in a story told. Therefore, elders have to labor to understand and declare the message of Jesus. That the kingdom was come. And when they, and they, they proclaim this message for the benefit of the sheep. But because there are other concerns that have to be addressed in order for the church, as we're commanded to, to bear each other's burdens like feeding widows, the apostles gave them a commission. This is what they said. They said, Pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. They were to be people, first of all, of good repute. This means people who can't or don't bring shame to the name of Christ or to His church by their scandalous behavior. They're to be trustworthy and morally upright, having a good reputation among both people within the church and outside of the church. Second, they were to be full of the Spirit. I love that. These were not just... Laborers. They weren't just worker bees. These were people that were expected to have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. They were to be people who believe, people who repent and pray and give and live exemplary lives of faith and worship. And they were supposed to have wisdom. This is not a job for the most favored people in the church, it's a job for the most qualified. They are people who can be trusted with administration as well as the distribution of resources of the church so that its ministries can be effective and God-glorifying. Now, although these first seven people selected were all men, and our church believes and teaches that the role of elder is exclusively for men, the New Testament seems to indicate that the office of a deacon can be held by godly and faithful women. Phoebe in Acts I'm sorry Romans chapter 16 the very first verse of Romans chapter 16 is called a servant of the church at Synchrea. Anybody want to guess what that word servant translates to? Diakonos. It's a it's a deacon. It's a, it's a deaconess. The, the word for servant is the same as the word for deacon. In Acts chapter 9, Tabitha, who is also known as Dorcas, was involved in making clothing for poor widows, similar to the men that are being selected in Acts chapter 6. Was this the work of a deacon? The results of adding deacons, this is what I really want you to focus on, the results of adding deacons to the ministry of the church in Jerusalem are unmistakable. Check this out. The Bible says, and this is after they installed deacons and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Now, why am I asking you to be excited about what we're celebrating today? Because we are believing for similar results here. We're believing that through the ministry of, of newly appointed deacons that the gospel is going to explode out of this church. The people are. The word of God is going to increase. The people are going to hear the message of a Christ who died, who rose again, who, who lives forever to make intercession for them and will one day return. They're going to hear the message and they're going to see it in the practical works of faithfulness and love and service that are performed by deacons and those they oversee. And I'm excited about that. And I hope you are too. The early church needed men to help with its practical needs so that the apostles or the elders could do what God called them to do. We mentioned that already. They said, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And and with this decision in Acts chapter 6, there was established two hands of biblical leadership. Elders would shepherd souls and pray for God's wisdom for the direction of his church. But deacons would care for the church's practical needs and stand as an example of service and faithfulness for all her members. A church with deacons, but no elders, would become a hub for charity and a place for social justice warriors to feel comfortable, but it would be spiritually immature, it would be ungrounded, it would be unfed. A church with elders but no deacons, on the other hand, would be disorganized, would be hamstrung in demonstrating the love of Christ in practical ways, either to those inside the church or those outside who are watching and waiting for a practical demonstration of the love of Jesus that we talk so much about. And so we need both, and we need them desperately. And so today, Northridge Life Church is taking a giant leap forward in being the kind of church that is modeled in Scripture. Now make no mistake, our deacons will be honored leaders in our church. They're going to have real responsibility, and they will be tasked with making important decisions about the direction of our church. As elders, we are complementary to their ministries as they are to ours. Now, people who value the more spiritual side of ministry and view ministry as kind of a hierarchy, things like preaching and prayer, may not understand how vital deacons are. So let me tell you the rest of the story of Acts 6 and 7. I want you to consider the fact that the first Christian ever to die as a martyr, ever to lay his life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ, was not a pastor, was not an apostle, was not even an elder. He was a deacon. The Bible says his name was Stephen. It calls him a man of faith, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He was one of the seven that was selected. And this man appointed... Now get this. Think this through. This man Appointed to wait tables for little old ladies is described as a man full of grace and full of power. We're even told that he was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Miracles were being wrought by him. He wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon. And before long, as often is the case, evil people began to persecute this man. And didn't Jesus promise us that if they hated him first, that they would also hate us? And so they begin to persecute him. But Acts chapter 6 verse 10 tells us, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Now this guy's a deacon. And I would the descriptions of him in the book of Acts chapter 6, I wouldn't mind having him as my pastor. After preaching one of the most convicting messages in the book of Acts, the Jews became enraged with him. This is what we read in Acts uh, chapter 7, verse 57. It says, But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, who eventually would become the apostle Paul. 59 and as they were stoning Stephen he called out Lord Jesus receive my spirit and falling to his knees he cried out with a loud voice Lord do not hold this sin against them and when he had said this he fell asleep or he died and that's the kind of character that was that was important to these guys that they first selected and it is the kind of character that i believe by the power of the holy spirit that we've found And so we are thrilled to be able to entrust the practical ministries, the practical service of Northridge Life Church to such people because they're committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ with their very lives. They love the church. They love its people. And they're committed to making this church effective in proclaiming the truth. So I'm going to ask Pastor David and Justin to come right now, and um, we're going to... uh, Make this thing official. Y'all with us?
2: Well, as Pastor Mark said, um, this is a day that we have been looking forward to for a very long time. Um, and it is uh, with incredible uh, joy and excitement um, that we get to welcome uh, seven people to the stage who are going to be serving here uh, at Northridge Life Church in the office of deacon or deaconess. And so, um, as I call your name, if you would just uh, come up on stage and join us, Miss Deborah Hobbs. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Margie McMenemy. Mr. Bobby Johnston. David Burke, Zach Sharp, Sherry Landers, and last but certainly not least, Mr. Darrell Edwards. Come on up. All right, and um, as these uh, men and women join us on stage, I want to begin um, by reading um, from 1 Timothy chapter 3, um, the qualifications that, that Paul gives to Timothy uh, for deacons or deaconesses in the church. And so this is um, 1 Timothy chapter 3, um, verse 8 through 13, and it says, deacons likewise... ...must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless... Their wives likewise, and, and I want to just quickly interject and say that um, Paul here is not speaking literally to the wives of male deacons, um, but he's referring here to female deacons, um, and we affirm here at Northridge Life, as Pastor Mark said, that both men and women uh, serve in the role of deacons. So um, their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. And I just want to affirm this morning um, that these are people that we didn't just randomly draw names out of a hat and see who we came up with. Um but these are these are people um who we have prayed over, and sought the Lord over. These are people who have proven themselves and who we believe have fully met the qualifications from First Timothy chapter 3. And so I'm going to let Justin just say a few words about them, and then we'll proceed.
3: All right. Thanks, David. Um, first, uh, it's kind of interesting that um the scripture that Mark preached on this morning it mentioned seven deacons and now we have seven here so I, <laughs> that wasn't done intentionally but that's still good. Um I just want to say uh I'm proud of these people and I'm proud to call them church family. I want to speak a little bit to their character. Um we've already determined that they meet the qualifications of deacon but um, like I said, I, I'm so happy to be a part of this church family that these deacons and deaconesses are in and, um, just their hearts, they're filled with the spirit as, as Mark preached. Um, they show up here weekly and they try to serve and they, well, they don't try. They do serve. <laughs> they find things that they can do and it's all for the betterment of the church and it's all done out of love. And not just for the church, but the church family. And so I just want to say thank you to all of you and say I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you all, and this is a big day for us as a church and as deacons and deaconesses. So thank you very much.
2: Yeah, and I want to say it was actually not that difficult to choose who we thought would be deacons uh, or who would make good deacons for the church because really what we did is we looked at the people who were already essentially serving as deacons Um, and we, we chose those people. And as Pastor Mark said, we look forward to adding more, uh, to this number in the future because there are more of you, um, uh, in this body that are also serving as well. And so, but I just, just want to say about this group of people, um, not only that, um, they meet the qualification of servant, and certainly they all do, all of these people serve faithfully in many different areas of the church. And, and typically you you may not see their service or what they 're doing um, because these are not people that are looking for attention. Um, in fact, when we talk to them about the ordination service. They were all very clear to say, well, you know, we don't want to be singled out. You know, we'll come up in a group, but that's just the heart of service and humility that they have. Um, but not only have they met the qualifications of being servants, um, but more importantly, um, these are people that dearly love Jesus Christ and love his church and love his body. And so I just, before we lay hands and pray on you, I just wanted to really really briefly just um uh, say something to each one of you uh margie um I, what i love about you um is your is your humility when i look at you i think of of someone who truly embodies what humility should look like um this woman um will get things done and do things behind the scene without ever needing anyone to notice that or give her attention um and and that is the true heart of a servant i absolutely love that uh, Miss Deborah, um, you are just a powerhouse in the faith. Um, I, I admire your your faith, your courage, and your joy in the Lord, and you're an example to me. Um, Bobby, when I, I think of you, I think of um, what a true friend should be. You have just demonstrated uh, to me and to so many of us um, what true friendship uh, should look like, and... Uh, and uh I, I love you um and uh i appreciate that in you uh david um i appreciate so much and i love just your um your your calm um even in stressful situations and your incredible and great wisdom that you bless uh this body with uh, day after day and week after week it's so very valuable and we're so thankful for that um, Zach, one of the things I love most about you is your heart, um, for evangelizing everybody you ever meet, um, your heart for people and your heart that people would know the gospel. And I really, uh, respect that. And I really look up to that. Um, Sherry, you are like a spiritual mother in the faith. Um and um when I when I think of you um I think of an encourager. Um you are an encourager um and I value and treasure that as as all of us do. Um and, and Daryl, you have been like a spiritual father to this church for so many years, um faithful in ministry um and loving this body, and I look up to you and I respect you and And here is a guy that if if something needs to be done, this guy will find it, and he will get it done um, and so again, I want to say to to all of you um, that I love you guys very much, uh, and i 'm so thankful for your heart for the Lord and for your ministry so i 'm going to ask uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Paul if they would come up and join us here on stage and um Having uh, affirmed that you uh, have met the qualifications to serve as deacon, deaconess, um, I want to um, read um, this statement of ordination, and we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to pray for you. So, having been examined by this church and its elders, and having met the qualifications for deacon ministry laid out in the Holy Scriptures in Acts 6 and 1 Timothy 3, And having together with this body sensed your calling to lead as a model of servanthood in our church as the Holy Spirit empowers and guides, coupled with your own desire to do so, we solemnly place our hands upon you, setting you apart for the ministry of a deacon deaconess for Jesus Christ at Northridge Life Church, blessing you with the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. We pray over you that your standing in this body would increase along with your confidence in your well-grounded faith in Christ Jesus. So we're going to lay hands on you guys and pray over you. Father, I'm
4: mindful of the Holy Scriptures And how though they were written by men, they were written by you. Though men wrote them, you are the author. And Father, in the same way, so we have chosen these deacons. Though we have chosen them, we know that you have chosen them. And Father, in obedience to the scriptures, in obedience to you, Lord, we lay hands upon them. And we bless them, each one. And we commit them to you, Lord. And we pray, Father, that your favor would rest on them. That you would empower them by your spirit. That you would give them an abundance of wisdom. That, Lord, you would grant them to accomplish all that you attend them to accomplish, Lord. That you would increase the maturity of your body here because of their service that, Lord, you would bless and meet the needs of those here that have need of of what they can provide, Lord. That they would be your hands and your feet to those in need, Lord. We bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen.
1: each one of these people that are standing here on this platform. God, and I'm asking you to go before them in their ministry. Let your Holy Spirit empower everything that they do. I pray that they would have a great sensitivity to the needs of this body, Lord, and great wisdom uh, in addressing those needs, Lord, that they would just uh, be empowered with the wisdom of Solomon, Lord God, to, to understand how to to properly administer um, the, the grace of Jesus in this church, Lord God, the effective work of ministry in this church, I pray that you would just uh, enable them to do that, Lord God. God, I pray that you would, um, just like Stephen in his final moments, that you would uh, just let them be anointed with incredible boldness, Lord God. That that the, the testimony of Jesus would always be found on their lips and that they would be uh, those who lead us all in this church. In the proclamation of your goodness to a watching world, Lord God, through not only through their words but through their acts of service, Lord, I pray that many would um, have cultivated opportunities to come to know you because of the service of these deacons, Lord. Lord, I, I and and as a pastor here, Lord God, I thank you for the gift of these seven people, Lord, that you have blessed the church. You've given them as gifts to us, Lord God. And Lord, we are very grateful, and we pray that nothing would hinder them from being fully blessed in their effective work, Lord God. Thank you for this, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.
2: Father, I I pray that each one of these uh, men and women um, would be like Stephen, um, full of grace and power and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Lord, I pray that over each each one of these. And Father, I, I, I give you praise um, that these are people that delight in serving you, serving the body. Most of all, Lord, that these are people who delight in you and knowing you and belonging to you, loving you and being loved by you, Lord. And I ask that you would... In each one of them, increase their faith, increase their trust in you. Father, whatever they are walking through in this season of life, Lord, that they would uh, be able to say, as we love to sing here, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. And I pray that they would grow and grow in their trust and their confidence, God. I pray that they would grow in confidence um, that you are their good and loving father. That they would grow in confidence that through Jesus, through their union with Christ through faith, they are counted as sons and daughters, beloved, adopted into your family, a part of your kingdom, Lord. I pray that the knowledge of that would grow in them. Um and Lord, I pray that um, as they as they continue to serve in this church, um, that we here would be um, a, a bright city on a hill um, for the city of lubbock for this neighborhood god um, And thank you that through these people You will allow the gospel to go forth more clearly um, In our church and in this city lord and so I bless them lord in your name and their families um, I thank you for them and I ask lord that you would protect them and keep them Lord, and I thank you um, for the promise in Scripture that is true for each one of these, is that the good work that you have begun, you will complete, Lord, in them. And so we thank you for that, and we honor you, Lord. This is all for your glory and your honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you guys welcome your new deacons? We are going to uh, end the service in and, and one minute here. I'm going to read a benediction over you. Um, but I'm going to ask if these guys would just be in the foyer. And if you guys would just uh, stop by and encourage them and bless them, um, that would be wonderful. So they'll be out there right after the service. Um, but if you would uh, put your hands in a receiving position, I want to read this benediction over you, which I think is fitting for today. Um, And this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen.